Welcome to Everything Yesterday This Morning, a 15 to 20 minute daily recap of headlines you may have missed. Come for the news, stay for the snarky commentary. Good morning and welcome to Monday's edition of Everything Yesterday This Morning. I'm your host, Literally Heather. Oh, I hope you are having a fine Monday morning, you fine human beings. Um, I will get right to the good stuff. As many of you who have been listening to my morning show for any amount of time know that I am a newly anointed affiliate partner with Palmetto State Armory. And as such, I've been challenged with a new contest. The specific details of that contest I have not revealed up to this point in time, but I need $50,000 in sales before July 9th. And if I accomplish that before anyone else in my particular pool of affiliates, I could win an all-expense-paid visit to Palmetto State Armory in South Carolina to tour the firearms and ammunition facilities. Naturally, all content I would be able to share with you guys. Um, And really just bragging rights. It gives me bragging rights. And that's what I love more than anything, if I'm being honest. So with all of that being said, buy all the gun stuff this month. Buy it through my affiliate link. For your daily deals today, I have a great deal on a PSA fully assembled upper, which is regularly $599.99, but it is currently only $289.99. I also have a PSA complete lower Magpul MOE edition with the Geisley SSAE trigger, regularly $649.99 on sale for only $299.99. These deals are in stock and available at these prices as of recording. Do not sleep on them. Okay, one day, many years ago, I was having a conversation with a coworker and I asked her why she believed and supported the political positions that she did. We did not see eye to eye. Um, Her response to me was actually shocking and sometimes I still sit with it and think about it. She said, She doesn't support those positions, but her children do. She said that she supports the positions her children do because they are the ones who will inherit the earth as she leaves. So she hopes to leave them with the world they want. George Soros, who is 92 years old, has handed the reins of his $25 billion empire to his 37-year-old son, in a decision that has surprised many. In an interview with the Wall Street Journal, Alex Soros said he is now chairman of Soros Open Society Foundations and plans to continue supporting the same causes as his father. Everyone in positions of power that were bought and paid for by this man just all released a collective sigh of relief that their paychecks will still get signed. Alex is also the only Soros on the investment committee of Soros Fund Management, which has assets worth $25 billion. There are some parallels between the Soros succession and the Roy siblings battle for control of Waystar Royco in HBO's Secession or Succession. Say that word. Succession. Rather than Alex. Many had expected his older half-brother, Jonathan Soros, who is 52, would take over, similar to Succession's Kendall Roy. Jonathan was put in a position of authority under his father, but 
While his father was more impulsive, Jonathan was more contemplative, which resulted in them falling out over two senior hires. Jonathan parted ways with his father's investment firm in 2011. Alex, on the other hand, was more like Roman Roy, previously disengaged with his father's causes, had something of a playboy reputation. Uh, He used to have lavish parties, shoulder brushing with models and NBA stars. Alex would, however, go on to win his father's respect. Explicitly quoted, he's earned it, George Soros told uh, the, I don't know which paper because I forgot to write it down, but um, the decision comes in spite of the 92-year-old adding, I didn't want the foundation to be taken over by one of my children as a matter of principle. Alex might be seen as the left-leaning equivalent of Roman Roy from Succession, describing himself as more political than his father. Alex has been to the Biden White House 17 times since April of 2022. I'm pretty sure he recently met with Kamala Harris also, if I remember correctly. To hear that someone who just took over a $25 billion empire is more political than the man who, I think, has pretty much single-handedly funded the destruction of the American justice system is Disconcerting, to say the least. Okay, this next article is a little bit long, uh, but I feel like it's really fucking important. Um, A gender studies professor has proudly boasted of failing students who do not adhere to her hyper-woke beliefs after a student complained of receiving a zero grade for a paper that used the term, quote, biological women. Melanie Rose Nipper, who is a 28-year-old adjunct professor of sexuality studies at the University of Cincinnati, vehemently stood by her grading practices on Thursday. She did so after student Olivia Krolsik complained about being failed for using the previously uncontroversial term biological women now branded offensive over claims that it excludes trans women. Nipper told the Cincinnati Inquirer that her support of free speech ends when, quote, you are intentionally or unintentionally participating in a systemic harm of some kind, including statements she deems transphobic or racist, outlining the punishment meted out to anyone who dares to offend her. Nipper attempted to paint her antics as reasonable declaring, quote, not a zero for the course, a zero for an assignment. Bizarrely, the academic went on to slam a proposed Ohio State bill aimed at cracking down on controversial campus speech. Nipper moaned it had a chilling effect on her work, seemingly forgetting the draconian tactics she deploys to try and stop students using language that she dislikes. Consequently, Nipper who was previously unnamed, referred to in a student's TikTok complaining about the grade, has found herself at the center of a school-sanctioned free speech investigation, as well as a burgeoning controversy. This is unacceptable based on the community, the marginalized individuals that are at stake, and also the foundations of the course, Nipper. 
only two years in her tenure at the school, insisted to the Cincinnati Inquirer Thursday. I will happily regrade, an emotional nipper said, of the women's gender studies and pop culture proposal in question, penned by then-sophomore Olivia Krolsik. You're not going to have any late penalties. Appearing at a cafe in the city's Oakley neighborhood, to make the comments, Nipper looked to, at points, insinuate it was her speech being infringed upon. After the student, she failed to, she failed, filed an official freedom of speech claim. She also said she cried when she saw the attention her video was getting. It's a lot, right? Nipper said, revealing herself to be the woman at the center of the brewing scandal. It's a lot to handle. Wow. Nipper, it's not nearly as much to handle as paying a fortune for a useless class that you took as an elective because the American school system is insane and forces you to take a bunch of classes that have nothing to do with what you're going to do in real life so they can drain blood from turnips. And then because of using words that some insane teacher thinks are mean, you get a zero on your paper because it's not inclusive enough. That, that is a lot to handle. Posted on May 7th, the clip has since been viewed more than a million times, has garnered national coverage from media outlets, which Nipper argued was unwarranted. Still processing the widespread reaction, she continued to defend her decision while stating that while classrooms are sites where discourse should always be welcome, that ends when you are intentionally or unintentionally participating in a systemic harm of some kind. The term biological female, she said, constitutes such an attack, as it is exclusionary to people who are transgender. When a student uses outdated terminology, Nipper added, she will always take that opportunity to correct those mistakes. Not a zero for the course, a zero for an assignment, Nipper said, of her stringent, potentially illegal policy. She said takes pleasure in administering. She said that she takes pleasure in administering. If it's so meaningless, why issue grades at all? How much weight did that assignment carry for this semester? Well, I'll let you know. Kralsik said the grades related to this specific project were worth half her total grade for the class. And when she emailed Nipper to question the mark, she was told the term was transphobic. Her proposal sought to explore milestones reached by female athletes in sports, such as the first women to compete in the Paris Olympics in the 1900s, or in 1900, I guess, and the current fight by female athletes to keep transgender women from women-only events. To illustrate this point, she used the scientific phrase biological women solely to differentiate between athletes who are transgender and the women who she claimed are being displaced by the recent advent of liberal elitism in U.S. universities. Quote, I was told I was implementing turf ideology, which I had to look this up, means trans-exclusionary radical feminism. 
and officials have confirmed they're probing whether Nipper did any wrong. On Thursday, Nipper confirmed the sequence of events laid bare by Krolsek, revealing the assignment was one part of a three-part project and that her scrutiny over her students' language, as well as the project's topic, was commonplace and something she did for every student. Oh, so you're just a bitch. Has nothing to do with this one assignment. Every final project proposal has to be approved by the instructor, she asserted, claiming that Krolsik asked to focus on a different topic before filing an official complaint with the university alleging her free speech was being compromised. As Nipper offered to extend the assignment's deadline, she was told by the school's Office of Gender Equity and Inclusion that Krolsik had submitted a freedom of speech claim, spurring an internal investigation. Nipper on Thursday maintained her policy was meant to keep a clamp on language that could prove harmful, citing transphobia and white supremacy as some of several examples. She went on to claim that similar incidents have happened at the school since her joining in 2021, while repeatedly mentioning SB 83 the aforementioned Ohio law that asked taxpayer-funded colleges to not endorse or oppose, as an institution, any controversial belief or policy. Passed last month, the bill has created a chilling effect, according to Nipper, who claimed it limits future other academics' friends, peers that I have had from a variety of different cohorts feel they'll be able to have in this country. Whatever that means, word salad. She then equated the law to censorship, seen in fascist and totalitarian regimes throughout the course of history. You heard that correctly. It's now censorship and fascism to allow ideas and speech that you do not like. We've seen historically in other countries what happens when laws like this can take effect, Nipper said the way that they are connected to larger societal cultural movements and towards authoritarianism. She said full-throated and with a straight face. She gave a student a zero for a word she didn't like and wants to say that allowing the free market of ideas is authoritarianism. You cannot make this shit up, people. When asked whether she would still have pursued teaching in Ohio if such a bill had already been in place, she replied, Yeah, because it's important. She went on to tout the importance of women's gender and sexuality courses, many of which are relatively new implementations in long-held curriculums. Not all students feel seen in academia, she said, of her propensity to ban certain words in the classroom. Newsflash, students aren't there to be seen, whatever the hell that even means. They're there to learn. That's really the effort of the WGSS, the Women's Gender and Sexuality Studies classes, to have your students feel seen, the marginalized ones in particular, and feel respected. While taking the time to double down on her actions, Nipper did not comment on the ongoing investigation that's been brought against her. Krolsik, meanwhile, revealed in the now viral TikTok, bringing attention to her former teacher's actions, that the professor told her her proposal was solid, but still handed her a zero. 
Olivia, this is a solid proposal, reads the professor's alleged note. However, biological women are exclusionary and now allowed in this course as they and not allowed in this course as they further reinforce heteronormativity. Please reassess your topic and edit it to focus on women's rights, not just females. And I'll regrade. Prolsick, who competed in cross country and track in high school, chose not to name the professor out of fear of possible online harassment, and said she contacted the university's DEI department. She was told they would have a different professor grade her work. In the time since, she says hundreds have contacted her with similar experiences, recently telling reporters that she decided to be vocal about the issue because it wasn't being taken seriously. I can confidently say within my university, and many across the country, dissenting opinions are frowned upon, and the views of the professors are affecting their abilities to teach, she said. I don't even know what's going to be left for my daughter in seven years, but this is not it. And for today's, you got to be kidding me, article, the White House ended the national emergency over the COVID-19 pandemic weeks ago, but It is still mandating masking and social distancing for the unvaccinated at its events, according to a report. Earlier this week, the White House Office of Legislative Affairs sent an invitation to members of Congress to attend, quote, College Athlete Day, a celebration honoring the NCAA men's and women's national championship teams. The invite notes that while lawmakers do not have to take a COVID test, They will have to mask up and be socially distant if they're unvaccinated, which obtained one of the emails by Fox News. The Biden administration ended the nation's emergency declaration over the pandemic in April. Masking guidance, fully vaccinated guests are not required to wear a mask on the White House grounds. Guests who are not fully vaccinated must wear a mask at all times and maintain at least six feet distance from others while on the White House grounds. In February, Cochrane Library, a widely respected independent policy institution, found that masks made little to no difference in stopping the spread of the pandemic. That's, do you have your papers, in case you don't know German? How would they even know? I just don't even understand at this point. Uh, The latest recruit at SpaceX is a software engineer who passed its technically challenging and fun interview process. What's different about Kyron Quasi is he's just 14 years old. I will be joining the coolest company on the planet as a software engineer on the Starlink engineering team, one of the rare companies that that did not use my age as an arbitrary and outdated proxy for maturity and ability. The post came shortly before his graduation from Santa Clara University School of Engineering, becoming the youngest person to do so. He's planning to make the move from Pleasanton, California, with his mother, to start work at SpaceX in Redmonton, Wash- I'm sorry, Redmond, Washington, per the report. Quasi's extraordinary journey started at the age of two when he could speak in complete sentences. By kindergarten, he was telling other kids and teachers about news stories he'd heard on the radio. 
After finding that his schoolwork wasn't challenging enough in the third grade, age nine, his parents helped him enroll at a community college in California. I felt like I was learning at the level I was meant to learn. That same year, he was placed in the 99.9th percentile of the general population in an IQ test. His family told Brain Gain Magazine. Quasi landed an internship as an AI research co-op fellow at Intel Labs a few months later, and by the age of 11, he transferred to Santa Clara University to study computer science and engineering. Good luck, little dude. Change the world. This is an awesome story. I like to try to throw a few wins in there. This is pretty cool. Next up, a lawsuit brought by kids in Montana could determine if the state has a constitutional duty to protect its residents from whether a constitutional right to a healthy, livable climate is protected by state law is at the center of the lawsuit that is going to trial on Monday in Montana, where 16 young plaintiffs and their attorneys hope to set an important legal precedent. It's the first trial of its kind in the United States, and legal scholars around the world are following its potential, addition to the small number of rulings that have established a government duty to protect citizens from climate change. It doesn't have a duty to protect you from murderers, rapists, arsonists, but it absolutely has the duty to protect you from something it has zero control over. Hello, officer? It's raining today. The weather was supposed to be sunny. This climate change is crazy. Please arrest the raindrops, sir. I'd like to file a protective order against Mother Nature. That bitch is crazy. The trial comes shortly after the state's Republican-dominated legislature passed measures favoring the fossil fuel industry by stifling local government efforts to encourage renewable energy while increasing the cost to challenge oil, gas, and coal projects in court. By enlisting plaintiffs ranging in age from 5 to 22, the environmental firm bringing the lawsuit is trying to highlight how young people are harmed by climate change now and will be further affected in the future. Their testimony will detail how wildfire smoke, heat, and drought have harmed resident, the residents' physical and mental health. The plaintiff youth have, I cannot talk right now. The plaintiff's youth has little direct bearing on the legal issues, and experts say the case likely won't lead to immediately immediate policy changes in fossil fuel-friendly Montana, but over two weeks of testimony Attorneys for the plaintiffs plan to call out state officials for pursuing oil, gas, and coal development in hopes of sending a powerful message to other states. As always, I'll be keeping an eye on this one for you guys. Um, It will be interesting to see if the state has an obligation as far as, or a duty, a duty to protect citizens from climate change. I think first you have to actually prove climate change and, and then prove that the state has the ability to impact that. Um, in a landmark ruling that has echoed across the United States, a judge in Seattle has upheld the rights of men transitioning 
to appear as women to access a woman-only spa, regardless of their surgery status. This author of the article says this pivotal decision furthers the progress of equality in public spaces, particularly those deemed gender-exclusive. I say that karma is a bitch and this spa is probably going to get what it deserves. District Court Judge Barbara Jacobs Rothstein passed a judgment that propels Washington state towards greater inclusivity or more rape cases, time will tell. The case centered around the Olympus Spa, a family-owned establishment inspired by traditional Korean bathhouses known as Jimji Bang. The dispute began in early 2020 when a local transgender activist, Haven Wilvich, applied for membership. Wilvich, who identifies as a woman but has not undergone reassignment surgery, reported being denied access to the spa, which resulted in her lodging a complaint with the Washington State Human Rights Commission. The spa defended its stance, claiming that it was essential for the safety legal protection, and well-being of our customers to maintain a biological females-only policy. The spa's management, who are practicing Christians, also stated that their faith influenced their decision. However, they faced a rigorous examination of their practices by the WSHRC. The spa was then served a notice of complaint of discrimination in March of 2021. In her statement, spa president Soon Lee expressed a willingness to consider a review of their existing policy. However, she emphasized the spa's commitment to its traditions and rules. The WSHRC, however, saw the matter differently. The commission upheld the complaint and asked the spa to revise its policy moving away from defining gender by biological status. Bake the cake, design the website, let men expose you to their penises, you bigot. (sighs) Simulation is broken, and the aliens are down here trying to reset the computer, I think. I think that's what's going on. That is your Monday edition of Everything Yesterday This Morning. I love you guys. Don't forget to check out those PSA deals. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Share this with your friends. Uh, Put it out there if you enjoy the show. I love you guys. You take care and have a wonderful Monday. If you like today's show, be sure to subscribe and turn on notifications so you never miss an episode. Also, please don't forget to check out shouseinthehouse.com and never forget that free men do not need permission from any government. Have a great day.